I mean, it, I was like a proud mom on that day to watch her cross through the finish line. Diz Runs Radio, episode 972, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, today's episode of the show is brought to you by the Little Things course, which is free. So I'm not exactly sure how that brings you today's episode. But uh, if, if you're new around here, if you haven't checked it out yet, the Little Things course is something I created a couple few years ago. It's a mix of video, text, uh, this, that, and the other. Uh, talking about some of the things that we should be focused on. Sometimes we are. Sometimes we're a little lax. Uh, Speaking of myself, a little lax on the foam rolling, a little lax on the yoga, the cross training. And those are some of the things that we talk about in the Little Things course. Talking about diet, nutrition, talking about sleep, talking about cross training, strength training, uh, recovery tactics. All the things that aren't running, but that really help support our growth as runners. That help us, quite frankly, maybe just as much as our training miles, these things help us move towards our goals. And so if you want to get the most of your training, if I want to get the most of my training... I might better get on the foam roller. And uh, if, you, if you're not sure of some of these things or you haven't really kind of figured out how to do them or, or why they're important or things like that, the Little Things course might just help you. It's just informational. There's there's no no money changing hands. You can just check it out. If you go over to disruns.com slash little things, uh, it'll redirect you right there. It's free to enroll um, and look around and enjoy it. And let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. Um, I'm sort of pseudo working on some other courses that might actually live more on YouTube than on this course platform that I used. Um, but, uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on this course as I help put some other courses together. Might help me, uh, figure out what works, what doesn't, what you want to see more of things of that nature, maybe more videos. I don't know to be determined, but the little things course is there. It's available. Hopefully you'll find it helpful. I mean, if you can learn one thing from it that might help you, then I guess it's worth the cost of free. Even if you don't learn anything, maybe it's worth the cost of free. I don't know. You'd be the judge of that, but disruns.com slash little things. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is a fellow running coach. So uh, with a little luck, we will all be able to learn a little something new today to help us move forward towards our running goals. Because uh, honestly, if, if you've been listening long enough, you know that one of my favorite things to do is talk to running coaches and pick their brains and talk shop a little bit. And so uh, I usually learn something from that. Hopefully you will today as well. Uh, she's also run some 70 odd races in her career, ranging in all the distances from 5k up to the marathon. And uh, I'm excited to uh, get the party started today, literally on her birthday, birthday party conversation today with uh, Ms. Linda Clark. So, uh, Linda, thanks for joining us and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Danny, for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, the, the pleasure is mine. And uh, guys, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you want to find out a little bit more about Linda, follow along with what she's doing and, and all that good stuff. Uh, run-naturally.com is the website. And uh, on Instagram, the handle is at run underscore naturally. So pretty much the same, but we got a dash in the website, underscore on, on Instagram, on Twitter at run naturally 242. All jived together, all one big word there at run naturally 242. And uh, as as per usual, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes, so it's easy to get to if you can't remember which is which or what's where. 
Uh, Dizruns.com slash 972 is the link today to have all of uh, all of the photos. We got some photos from Linda. We got the, the links, of course. Anything else we talk about will be there as well. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 972. So, Linda, the way we always start off each episode of the, the show, start off each conversation is with a simple question, a uh, simple question to ask. Sometimes it's an easy answer. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult. Uh, but it's either way, it's a great place to start the conversation. It's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Okay, Danny, that is such, whenever I get that question, I tend to smile a bit because for the past two years, I have been pretty much exclusively training for the full marathon distance. And so when my friends and family and persons who follow me on social media will see my training, they automatically think or assume that the full marathon is actually my favorite race distance. But the truth is, that the 10K is actually my favorite distance. And the reason is that it's almost like a pretty good compromise. So it's not really like a short distance race, but it's not overly long. It's one of those distances that I feel like is in the middle and just kind of perfect, where you feel like you can really go hard for that distance without being completely exhausted. So me personally, whenever there is a 10K race on the schedule i tend to actually gravitate towards that particular distance that's that's uh an, an, a race that i also uh enjoy and, and um I, I don't know what it's like over in in the bahamas you know ex- exactly but i know here in this at least in my area in the states and i feel like i've had this conversation with folks in the states before um when, when we talked about the 10k that everybody seems to wish there were more 10ks available but it seems like again at least here in the states got 5Ks just about everywhere you turn, half marathons. There's a lot of those. I mean, they're not quite every every weekend everywhere, but you can find those pretty easy. But sometimes the 10K is a little bit few and far between. What's it like in, in the Bahamas? Do you have a lot, a lot of 10Ks or is it kind of maybe is that part of the reason it's special too is you don't have as many options to race them? Well, here it's, it's pretty much the same. So we don't really have a lot of 10K options, mm-hmm. but you find that when the 10K is offered, it's also packaged along with the 5K distance. So you'll have like a 5K and a 10K, and of course, a lot of the persons tend to gravitate towards that 5K distance and not so much the 10K, but it's very rare that we have races here that are just solely that 10K distance, right. so it's pretty much the same where it's not offered a lot, but I would love to see that actually change a bit and, and be offered a bit more. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's, it, it's, it is a, like you said, it's, it's a challenging distance in that you got to go. You know, if you're, if you're racing hard, you, you, you got to go, you can't wait too long, but it's, uh, it's not so long. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't take all day. Certainly training doesn't take as long for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a good fun distance. I, I love that answer. We don't get the 10 K as the answer very often, but I'm, I'm, I'm on board with you as, as being pro 10 K for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, how'd you get started in running Linda? Is it something that's been uh, a lifelong thing somewhere a little bit more recently? Where'd you, where'd you kind of find your way into the sport for the first time? So, I have been running for about 10 years, and I will tell you how I got into running is that initially it kind of branched off because I was doing a fitness boot camp Mm. at first. And so it was a lot of cardio involved in this particular boot camp. And it was myself and a small group of us. And I think we just felt like we weren't really being challenged enough. So after our boot camp workouts, we actually used to go running. And that is how I really got into running. And I really began to develop 
a love for running so much so that I would run in the morning and then do boot camp in the afternoon and then run in the afternoon. So I was basically running twice a day. And I kind of made up my mind at that point that I would begin to train for my first half marathon, which would have been Marathon Bahamas. Mm -hmm. And Marathon Bahamas was supposed to have been that January. And I ended up giving birth to my son in December. Mm. So that completely derailed my half marathon plans at that point. But I had really, I had already gotten the run bug at that point. I always said that I would just go back to it, but it's been 10 years since I really developed that love for running. And I really got into it just as a way to challenge myself and kind of supplement my workouts. That's how I got into running. Gotcha. And, and yeah, like, you know, that's, that's that challenge yourself piece, especially I feel like, um, running is maybe, maybe one of the, at least physically, physically challenging yourself. Not the only way, of course. But it's 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 such a great way because um, you know if if you travel if you move like anywhere that you go, in theory at least you, you kind of have access to to continuing the the running thing, uh, continuing to to push yourself, challenge yourself, um, and of course when it comes to races like there's no shortage of options. You want to race hard, you can race the the five k and even shorter stuff if you want. You want to push yourself for for endurance stuff, obviously on the roads, halves, fulls, uh, maybe find a few, few ultras on the roads, but certainly you get off, off road. You can go, you can go for days, uh, on some of these races. So, uh, great way to, to continue to push yourself. Um, after you, after you gave birth to your son, uh, I, I know obviously every, every pregnancy is different. Every woman is different, but, um, was it, was it a struggle getting back into running? Did it, did it come back pretty quickly? Uh, you know, obviously the passion was there, but you know, as far as getting back into it, was it, was it a, a bit of a challenge for you? Well, it was a challenge because I delivered my son via emergency mm-hmm. C-section. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to obviously take some time off with, you know, under the recommendation from my doctor mm-hmm. was basically to take about three months off from the strenuous physical activity. And then settling into the role, you know, obviously of, of being a mom, mm-hmm. first time mom. It, it was a lot. And so I think that I kind of fell off from running for a bit. So it took a while, I would say maybe about a year or so to kind of really get back into it and really rediscover my love and the passion for it and really making the time to train in the way that I was prior to giving birth to my son. So it it was a lapse of time that I really needed to take off, of course, to heal and then to really juggle the responsibilities of motherhood and, you know, being physically fit. So I I did take, you know, some time off there. Yeah. And and I think that that's something that, um, obviously in in a pregnancy situation and, 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 you know, whether it's a, a smooth, you know, everything goes to plan with the, with the birthing process and everything, or whether it is an emergency type of situation, one way or the other, you still, you, your body needs time to recover, of course, and, and get used to the demands of having a child, whether it's the first one, second one, third one, wh- whatever, like, like it's all that adjustment period and taking that time off obviously is, is an important thing. Uh, and, and, you know, certainly the right thing to do, but I think it's also can sometimes get, get lost, um, and I feel like I've had this conversation with some folks recently where, you know, for whatever reason, work, family stuff, uh, pandemic stuff, I mean, any number of reasons, we like sometimes taking some time off is is just kind of what 
what has to happen. And then getting back into the sport, um, you know, you, like sometimes it's going to look a little bit different and, and that's okay. And, and so, you know, I, I just think that that's, that's, I don't know. It just kind of struck me a little bit of like, yeah, you know, you, you took the time off you, you and, and you kind of maybe that intentionally walked away, but like there was just some, some space that needed to be made there figure out things, everything's get settled back in and then you can come back to the sport. And that's, that's one of the beautiful, again, one of the beautiful things I think about running is that, you know, if you need to take a break, it's okay. Cause it's not going anywhere. You can always get back to it when the time is right. Yes, you're absolutely correct. And that's something that I preach, you know, pretty consistently with my group and with my clients, you know, obviously when you're talking about, let's say, for example, dealing with an injury is, you know, mm. common in our sport. And, you know, I would have, you know, my clients come and they will say that, you know, they feel so bad that they, they feel like they're losing fitness, they're losing time. And one of the things that I always try to reiterate with them is that running is not going anywhere. Right. The important thing is to make sure that you're healthy and you're strong enough to return to the sport and just to get, you know, right back into it and ease back into it. So you're absolutely correct when you're talking about the accessibility of, of running and, and, you know, just how easy it can be to begin to regain that fitness and rebuild that fitness and rebuild really that and regain that passion. So you're absolutely correct with that. It's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in the, in the intro, you, or in the introductory question, I guess you kind of mentioned that you've been training for the marathons a lot lately. And, uh, sometimes people kind of just automatically assume that that's your, your favorite distance to race. Um, when, when you got, you know, when did you kind of start looking at some of the, the longer distance stuff? I mean, is if I know you've run a handful of marathons, I think, or at least from, from what I saw on the website, um, have those all kind of been in the last couple few years or, or, or kind of, you know, how did you progress, uh, once, once you got back into running after the birth of your son up towards the, some of the longer distances? So how I ended up getting into the full marathon distance, I had always told myself that after I completed six half marathons and I, and Danny, I will tell you, I have no idea why the number six just stood out. It just stood like a good number. So I said, after I, after I complete six, then I feel like I will be ready or really get my mind ready to start that contemplating of, okay, I can do and get into a full marathon. So all of my, the, all of my full marathons that I've done, and I'm training for my fifth one right now, I've done those in the last, within the last two years, two mm -hmm. to three years. So my first one I would have done in 2018, mm -hmm. my first full marathon. So it was just a progression from the half and the half and, and half marathon running. I started about five years ago and completing six, about six or seven. And I said, okay, I think I can, you know, tackle the full marathon distance at that point. So it was just a progression from half to full. Gotcha. Well, and that's, and that's uh, a good way to do it. Unlike, unlike me. And there's a few folks I've talked to that just kind of, you know, ah, oh, well, you know, whatever, I'll just do that. I'll do the marathon. How hard can it be? And yeah, it's not, not easy. And uh, especially no. when you don't, haven't trained well and, and haven't kind of climbed the ladder a little bit more uh, strategically in upping the distance as, as it goes. Uh, what was, what was your first marathon a few years ago? My first marathon was Twin Cities okay. in Minneapolis. And it, it's a great race. It was a great first race for me the experience of it was that on facebook the you know twin cities in motion had a first timers group mm. 
for persons who were complete who were completing the distance for the very first time. And then also it was my first time actually visiting Minneapolis. So it was just a group of us and we would interact, you know, every day, every other day or weekly, just talking about our training miles. And so it was so awesome to actually be in the corrals and meet the persons who I had been interacting with on Facebook for so many months. And those persons till this day, I still interact with on Facebook and we still talk and are very cordial. And, you know, they would ask, well, when are you coming back to Minneapolis? When are you coming back to race? When are you coming back to do the race again? Because in all honesty, Danny, when I went over there to do my first full marathon, everyone thought that I was crazy because they were like, you're from the Bahamas. Like we would die to come to the Bahamas <laughs> and run a full marathon, but you're leaving the Bahamas to come here to race. And so that was just mind boggling to them. But the entire experience was excellent. I mean, it, it was just an unforgettable experience. It's one that I hold close to my heart and, you know, your first one, you just always kind of hold that one close. And so Twin Cities Marathon, definitely it's one one race for sure that I hold very close to me. That's that's fantastic. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm smiling to myself because like you said, that first marathon, you always always kind of remember it and always hold it close. Um, I, I, I just wish that mine was a little bit of a of a more positive story of being prepared and having a good race, but I just didn't know what I was getting myself into. And, and you'll get a, you'll get a kick out of this. Linda, I, I ran my longest run before my marathon was the, the week beforehand. Cause I didn't know anything about tapering. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and it was all of 14 miles. So I, I, and I legitimately thought that at 14 miles, I thought the next week I could run 26 and it wouldn't be any big deal. Cause I'd done more than half. And so that had to be enough. And, um, yeah, so my my first marathon memories are a comedy of errors and things that uh, thankfully I've I've learned from and, and now try to help help some other folks not make some of those same mistakes. Yeah, I think for my first marathon, in hindsight and looking at it now and training for my fifth, I trained for thirty weeks and that seems so long, mm -hmm. but I just really wanted to give myself so much extra time to really get settled into the distance. And as I was going through my training plan, um, these 20 and 21 mile runs were popping up. I began to get nervous. So let me just to put this in perspective, Denny. So the Island of New Providence, where I live is 21 by six. So <laughs> that's basically running the entire length of the Island where I live and then some. Mm -hmm. So that was like a, a mental barrier just even thinking about that. And so I gave myself 30 weeks to train for my first full marathon. And when it got to that day, when I completed my first 20 mile run on that day, Danny, I felt ready. Oh, when nice. I completed the 20 mile run, I felt, I said, okay, I am ready. I, I'm now ready. I'm re I am marathon ready. And I felt good and I felt comfortable at that point. Wow. Ready to race. Yeah. Like I said, I wish I would have had some of those. Uh, well, I, I guess I thought I was ready. I just, uh, was not, it was not even close to ready. And, and, and again, you know, not to, to, uh, derail things, but just, just how ridiculous my training was. I was basically only doing one run a week. So I was just doing my long run. Like that was it. And I just thought that that was going to be all I needed to do. And, uh, wow. yeah, I clearly, I did not have the greatest, you know, first race, uh, situation, but uh, I've learned a few things and, and have gotten, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, 
am, am on a better path now. But uh, when did you kind of decide to to start uh, maybe offering some coaching and doing some things with with other folks to help them, you know, kind of find their way in the sport of running as well? So I actually got into this because a friend of mine and I were marathon training together. I was training for at that time Detroit Free Press Marathon. Mm-hmm. She was training for Chicago. And our races were a week apart. So we were out on a Saturday doing a a long run, a long training run. I think I had about 14 miles. She may have had 11 or so because she was heading towards her Mm -hmm. tapering point. And we were running together and she said to me, Linda, you really need to look at doing this for real. Because she said that was like me and her running together and me encouraging her and, and kind of pushing her on that run. She said that was the best that she had ever felt she was supposed to do 11. I think she ended up running the 14 with me. Mm. And she said that was the best that she's ever felt on a long run. And I said to her at that time, well, you know, I was marathon training. And I said, well, when I get back, I would really like to rest. And I, it wasn't something that was really on my mind to do, mm-hmm. but I had an excellent race in Detroit. That was actually where I, I ran my personal best at Detroit free press. I had an excellent race excellent recovery. I came back to the Bahamas and I felt great. Like I I started to get back into doing, you know, just doing the reverse taper at that point. Mm -hmm. And then I got a phone call from this person I'd never spoken to before. She called my phone and she said to me, well, you know, your friend gave me your number. She said, I've never run a race before in my life. And she said, I really want to run my very first race of 5K in January. And she said, can you help me? And Denny, something just came over me and I said, yes. Mm. I said, yes, I'll do it. Despite all of my previous reservations, that was my response. I said, yes, I'll do it, I'll help you. And I watched her cross that finish line for her 5K. I mean, just so strong, just using everything that we had talked about, everything that I coached her on, everything that I went over her. I mean, it, I was like a proud mom on that day to watch her cross through the finish line just as strong because I, I always have a, a motto of finishing strong. That, that's my you know thing with racing. And so to see her really just finish so strong, that was a moment for me and that was a big takeaway for me. And I'm like, okay, this is something that I can do. Like I can actually do this. And so I started to like reach out to more persons. And this is around January. So January here is where we have Marathon Bahamas. We have the Susan Coleman Race for the Cure. And then we have Marathon Bahamas, you know, race weekend. And so I had so much persons at that time who were reaching out to me to say, Linda, I want you to help me. I want to I wanna run the Susan B. Coleman. And the Susan B. Coleman takes place over Paradise Island, so it's a bridge run. Mm-hmm. And so obviously there's a, there's a technique there for that. It's a degree of difficulty. Mm-hmm. And I had persons who just wanted me to help them. Really, Linda, I need you to show me how do I attack the, going over to Paradise Island Bridge? How do I run the bridges? How do I run, deal with you know, the elevation gains mm-hmm. and et cetera that happens over Paradise Island? And running and feel strong. And that is how I just ended up taking on the group and really building it up. And it almost took on really a life of its own from that one 
person who reached out to me who said, I've never run before. I want to do a 5K. Can you help me? And it took off from there. That's that's awesome. And I, I think that, uh, you know, something that I heard in there that 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 uh, also, you know, yes, somebody reached out to you and asked, but you also said yes. You know, I, I could think of, I feel like at least, and I, I know some folks that have done this before, myself maybe being one of them, where somebody asks and you're just like, oh, no. You know, you come up with an excuse about why you can't or why you shouldn't or why, why you know, just, just why you can't right now. Um, but instead you said yes. And, and, you know, and then, you know, dot, 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 look at where, look at where we are and, and you've got a group formed up and, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a thing. And so I think that, um, that yes, you know, th- that one person reached out, but you also were, were willing to, to get it started. Um, how, how has, you know, from, from, from where you started to, I don't know, maybe not from where you started to where you are now, but like, like what, what is, you know, you kind of mentioned a little bit of a group. Is is that mostly kind of how your coaching works where it's, it's group stuff or, or, um, you know, kind of how did, how did, like, what, what is, what does your coaching stuff and, and your, you know, run naturally programs, what, what, do, what do they look like? So the majority of my clients actually are in the group. I have one or two that I train on a one-on-one basis simply because of the scheduling, because I start my group workouts at 5.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so I am aware that that's not always an optimal time for a lot of persons. Uh, thankfully for me, for the majority of the persons, you know, that's a great time. So right. Simply because, you know, here in the Bahamas, it's comparable weather to Florida. Mm-hmm. It's hot. It's humid. Nobody really wants to be running when the sun is just <laughs> high in the sky and, and it's, it's crazy humidity. And so we basically, you know, run before the sun even thinks about coming up, which is good. And so it's a mixture of really, we, we run about three, three mornings a week. So, and it's a breakdown of Tuesdays. We'll dedicate to recovery running. Thursdays are more of those tempo and speed mm-hmm. runs. And then Saturdays we dedicate to long run training. And one of the things that I've recently added as a dynamic to the group, because I actually have a personal trainer now that I've been working with who's and a nutritionist who's been helping me prepare for Chicago Marathon, which is the race I'm training for now. And so I've actually, we've kind of partnered together mm-hmm. and added those strength training workouts as part of the run training regimen. And that has actually done wonders, mm-hmm. even for my group, to have that particular collaboration. So that's basically how it works. Like I said, we switch up the runs, we switch up mm-hmm. the distances. You know, some days we'll do hills, some days we're on the sand on the beach. And of course, that's the beauty of training here in the mm-hmm. Bahamas, where we meet, it's a park, and then on the park, it's the beach. So we even have an option, you know, to get in those sand runs literally mm-hmm. about a mile away. Wow. There are hills. So it's 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 so diverse, really, in terms of the actual training grounds and the atmosphere and to really be able to set my clients up for a success and really in terms of meeting their goals and challenging them and doing different workouts without getting bored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love the, the, the diversity of we, where we're able to train and the actual workouts that, you know, I sit and really plan for the group to do to be successful. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. It sounds like you've got a, a good, a good dynamic going, which is which is fantastic. I, I'd love to dive a little bit more into the strength training piece that you mentioned, if if you're willing, because uh, I know that uh, it's something that I talk about often, and I know that that probably means that there's a few people that kind of turn off when they hear me droning on about strength training and the benefits of it again. So I love getting other voices to come in and, and maybe echo some of the same things I say, maybe say some things a little bit different than what I say, but but still talking about the benefits of strength training. So you said that you're working with a personal trainer and, and it's seen benefits for you and, and bringing that into the group, you're seeing benefits with with some of the folks in the group as well. Um, for for the runners that are listening, that are, that are still... You know, for one reason or another, and, and I'm not casting any any you know any shade or anything like that, but you know, just haven't made strength training a regular part of their their training routine yet. Um, can can you kind of go into some of the the benefits you've seen? How has strength training helped you and and the folks that you work with? Okay, so I will say this: as we you know at the, at the beginning of the conversation, I said that I've been running for ten years, and Danny, I have not had a running injury. In 10 years, wow. the knock on wood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I am a firm believer that a lot of that is attributed to the fact that I've always been engaged in some form of strength training simply because it truly helps to mitigate against that risk. Mm-hmm. And so that's, the, that's really the first aspect of it. If I had to make a point of it in terms of how it's been beneficial to me how it's really been beneficial to my group. I have seen just the level, the speed. I think that when it's when we're getting into those tempo and those speed runs, you can really see the benefits of the hour-long strength training that we do as a group, mm-hmm. how that pays off in terms of the, the speed, the endurance, the comfort level that the group members are actually feeling while they're on the road based on the strength training that, you know, I have opened up to mm-hmm. them and really, and I'm, I'm very thankful. I'm going to drop, drop the plug here yes. for my trainer, which is Gimme, Gimme Fitness Bahamas. Okay. Gimme Fitness Bahamas. I have to drop the plug, like I said there for that and also he's also my nutritionist as well so if you're looking up gimme gourmet on instagram and gimme fitness bahamas on instagram as well so that's my nutritionist and my trainer and so really and truly if i had to identify two big big wins and big pluses for the strength training it's definitely mitigating against that risk of injury and the way, the strength, the power, the, and how it just really helps to boost your pace and your speed. So for your listeners who, you know, want to talk about, who are really are concerned about getting, I always like to say, stronger, faster, and better, that strength training is so incredibly important. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, and um you know, I, like I said, I love hearing the different perspectives and, and, and different ways of going about doing things, um, you know, and, and, you know, just, just being injury free for 10 years, like, like to me, the, the best way to, imp- to improve towards your running goals, whatever those are, whether you want to get faster, you want to run farther, you want to, you know, run farther in one, in one shot as far as longer race type of distances, or you just want to add, you know, more miles to, to what you're doing, whatever, whatever your goals might be. I feel like one of the best ways to do that is to be 
as consistent as possible. You know, you're going to miss a run here and there for whatever reason or another, and that's fine. But you know, if you can avoid losing six weeks, six months to to various injuries, um, you know, that like just to me, that's that's the the surest way to get there. And and yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more that strength training can be a big part of that staying healthy piece. And then you know, like I said, dot dot dot. Ten years later. Um, you know, like that's a lot of progress that can be made in that kind of time. And, uh, you know, who knows what you're, would be capable of if you can just stay healthy and keep training, you know, for, for a consistent period, you know, year after year after year. Absolutely. Uh, kind of a, along those lines of, of being consistent and, and putting in the work. I, I, I made a little note when you mentioned that that first marathon, uh, training cycle was, was like a 30 week, you know, process of getting ready for the marathon. And, uh, I, I'd love to kind of circle back to that with you having the coaching hat on a little bit and maybe talk a little bit about, um, something that, that, um, uh, I don't know that I've ever really talked about on the podcast. I feel like, I feel like I've talked to a few folks individually, but kind of the idea of, of getting to a point where, um, maybe it, it is that you're training for races for 30 weeks, or maybe it's that you're not really training for a race until the last few weeks because your training is kind of, you know, at a level where, where you're kind of always in training, I guess, if that, if that makes sense a little bit is like, you're always building towards the next thing, even if you don't know what the next thing is. Um, but, but when it comes to, to gearing up for, for a bigger race, um, I, I don't know like, I, I, exactly what the best question is, but like, how, how long do you, like if somebody who's, who's running regularly, um, do you really have a start stop, like training officially starts now or do, like, like I said, for me, my philosophy is it kind of just bleeds into what we're doing. And now we, you, you know, we, we ramp up a little bit accordingly for the, the type of, of race that we're doing. Um, but you know, again, I don't know the exact question of, uh, like duration of training cycles or things like that, but you know, the 30 weeks seem to work for you. Like, is that kind of something that you do with the athletes you, you coach or kind of, how do you kind of view the, the timeline of training for races? Okay. And that's actually a great question. And I actually do put a timeline, an official timeline if I am training the group for a particular race. So just to put it in perspective. So last year I would have coached about 10 of my clients to their first half marathon Mm -hmm. during a pandemic. Mm. So that was, of course, it, it looked a bit different because at the time, you know, here in the Bahamas, you know, we were under lockdown restrictions. So it looked a bit different, but the half marathon date was the third Saturday in November. And I would say around that first week in September, I put together an actual training plan and an actual group, like a, a group that is separate and apart from the group that we mm-hmm. use now, a mm-hmm. group that was just focused on half marathon training. And so at that point, Danny, it was about increasing the mileage because I think at that point a lot of the members of the group had not hit what we call that 10 mile mm. um you know cap right so to right. speak for the for the for the half marathon and so for me it was building them up each week on the long runs to be comfortable with that 10 mile run and I wanted to get them comfortable with okay running the 10 miles and letting them know that that's a confidence booster really for them because I let them know, I said, listen, if you can hit that 10 mile mark, you guys are good. Mm-hmm. 
for the half marathon. I said, so let's just get to that 10 miles. And of course, it was some trepidation there because it's double digits, you know. So when you think of 10 miles, like that's a distance that the majority of the group had never covered before. Mm -hmm. And so to answer your question, yes, there was definitely a breakaway from the regular running that we were doing Mm -hmm. and and it came to a point where okay today's date is this and for all of you who have signed up for the half marathon in november your official training starts today and that incorporated the strength training in there as well so during the pandemic you know we couldn't really work out as a group so what i did danny was i uploaded youtube videos mm. i did youtube videos of me doing you know my strength workouts and i would just plug them in the group and i'm like okay we can't go out and meet us as a group under the restrictions so we're gonna have to be creative in terms of how we want this training to to go and how we want mm. this to happen and so that was my way of still incorporating some of the things that I know and some of the things that I do to get ready for a race without us really being able to meet physically as a group. And it yielded amazing results for the group. Everyone who would have signed up for the half marathon, we started, we finished, because I think around November, the, re- the restrictions began to relax a little bit mm-hmm. here in the country. And so we were able to meet as a, as a group, a small group, because we were a group of, you know, under 10 at that point mm-hmm. when the majority of us ran. And I actually paced the group for their first oh, wow. half marathon. I paced them. I paced them and I made sure that, you know, they just did not give up. And the level, I mean, the pride, the pride on each and every one of their faces to know that that was something, an accomplishment, that was something that they set out to do. And they did it, and I ran with them for every single mile mm-hmm. from start to finish. So that, that was just an amazing experience. But yes, definitely, that is something whereby I just really put a timeline on mm-hmm. the training, and it's more focused. Some ways, you know, uh, my, my crew tends to say, like, embrace the crazy, like they're embracing <laughs> my crazy right at that point. Because my tra- whenever I'm training for a race and I and – I, you know, handle the group in the same way as when I train, I get super focused. And so, like I said, they call it embrace the crazy, but I mean, it it was an amazing experience for them. And they actually went ahead and did another half marathon in January, a couple of months after completing the first one. And I paced them through that one as well (laughs) in the rain. That's just, oh my goodness. That's just a a whole nother story right there. (laughs) Well, I mean, a whole nother story. Let's let's dive into it. so so the first the first race goes real well. You know, it, it sounds like the weather was was cooperative. Um, they want to do it again, so you're like, yeah, let's let's rock and roll. Um, I guess maybe the first part of the question then. So for this this group, and, and if I'm getting details wrong, please please correct me. But for sure. the most part, folks who had never run a half marathon before, so they build That's up correct. for it. They, mm-hmm. they, they train for it. They run this first half marathon, and now they decide, hey, let's do this again, and we've got whatever the exact time is, six weeks, eight weeks, something like that to to do it again. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you kind of set up their, their plan then to, to, you know, to kind of maintain, but to also kind of build back up? Like, like what did things kind of look like between in in that tight window? And then, then give us the story of running a race in the rain for again, folks that still relatively new to running. So maybe hadn't done that type of thing before. 
Okay, so after the first half marathon, I gave the group a week. Just I, I gave them a full week just mm -hmm. off, completely mm -hmm. off. Like, okay, we're not going to talk about running. We're not going to talk about going out to train. We're just, I'm just going to let you guys relax, enjoy the moment. And then we're going to start to get into the uh, reverse taper at mm -hmm. that point. So because the, the window, as you mentioned, was very narrow because Marathon Bahamas, I think, was the second week in January. So it was a, it was a tight, tight window. And we, it was almost like a continuation with just that short break. Mm -hmm. But it was like picking, kind of picking up Danny where we left off, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so that was what ended up happening. So we started up again. The Saturdays, okay, one Saturday we do six miles, seven miles, eight, you know, then, you know, bring it back down and then bring it back up. And the group was good. Like, they, they were good. Like, that training, it was like that week off, they didn't take, it was like they lost literally nothing. Right. So it was no fitness or anything lost at that point. So in comes now Marathon Bahamas 2021, which was held in January of this year, and it went virtual, mm -hmm. obviously, because of the, the pandemic. Right. And... I ended up doing the half marathon twice because I ended up running it by myself earlier in the week because, and I actually ended up running my personal best in the half marathon because I went out and I did it. And then I went out and I paced the group two days later. <laughs> um, so it was like running the, the half marathon within, you know, twice mm -hmm. in the space of, of about two days. And at mile eight, it began to storm here in Nasa. I'm not talking just like a light rain. It was a torrential downpour at mile eight. And I mean, we were in such a rhythm. We, I mean, the group was rolling at that point and I, I just couldn't believe it. So, you know, one of the things that I always teach the group when it comes to racing, I'm like, you know, if we were in a live race, this race was going to continue, mm -hmm. you know, and of course, if it was a, a thunderstorm or anything like that, then the race would have to come right. to an end. I said, but, you know, just rain. I said, think about it. I said, if this was a, a marathon Bahamas live, like that clock would still be ticking. Mm -hmm. I said, so I told them this is a part of the experience. This is a part of actual race experience. I'm like, I'm going to need you guys. We, we're going to go. We are going to have to just push through this rain and so Danny we began running and we got to mile 10 and it was torrential rain again and we just couldn't believe it so finally we got to mile 11 and the rain just stopped mm. at the mile 11 marker like the sun started to come out and I said to the group I said okay we're going to take advantage of this let's just power through these last two miles and thankfully for us, it was a very scenic route because at this point now we were basically running along Oceanside mm -hmm. at that point. And we came in and believe it or not, half the group ran their personal best wow. in the half after all of that, all of, of the obstacles in that race. And every one of them was shocked when they stopped, you know, their GPS devices. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, my God, that was a faster half today that I ran in November when mm -hmm. the weather was perfect. So it, it, and that's just to me, Danny, that's was such the joy and the beauty of running and sharing your running stories. It's like, 
you always have the opportunity to just amaze yourself mm-hmm. to and and to just almost shock yourself and to be it's so much pride i mean the the pride and just not giving up and then actually just surprising yourself by running a personal best it, it was it was an amazing time despite the challenges with the weather in january so yeah, that's that's awesome. I know that uh, you know being in, in Florida uh, with the heat and humidity and stuff. Sometimes those rainy days are the best. Now maybe not so much in January, where the weather, where it's actually like the the two months a year, you know, kind of in that that sweet spot where the weather is halfway decent here. Um, but still, a, a, a nice little rain um, or a nice downpour, as sometimes is the case as well, uh, can can maybe especially when you're already out on the run, can spur you to just keep going because you just want to get get home or you want to get finished and get out of the rain. Um, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just a testament of putting the work in trust in the process. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes surprising yourself. And those are, those are the good surprises when you look down at the watch and go, well, dang um, look at what I just did. That's, that's exactly. a good, good feeling for sure. Absolutely. So as we're, uh, getting close to, to wrapping up today, Linda, I, I'd love to, uh, kind of wrap up on something that I call the, the philosophical question, which sometimes sounds a little scary when I'm not, asking you to quote uh, Aristotle or Socrates or anything like that today, but uh, something similar to the introductory question where it's just kind of open-ended and you can kind of just take it whichever way you want to go. And that's, and that's where we'll kind of wrap up today. But um, I'd be curious, you know, for, for you at this point in your life, you know, 10 years into running, uh, you know, a year and a half closing in on two years into, to having running be be part of your, being your business now, coaching runners and, and, and putting everything together like that. Um, why is why is running still such a obviously like I said it ties into to multiple areas of your life but why is running so important to you why is getting out there going for those miles for you personally why is why is that such an important thing for you the thing about running that has just completely transformed my life and has really been so important to me Danny is that with running I just feel like there are always greater goals in running. I don't ever feel like with running, it's an end point. I, I don't know if there is a time or an, uh, something that occurs in running where you can just say, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I've done everything that I've needed to do in running, at least for me. Even now, like I'll share with you, I'm training for Chicago Marathon and this is actually my first Abbott World Major that I'm running. And this is something that I always had on my personal bucket list to do was to actually, you know, run one of those marathons. And then I have goals of, you know, running in London or New York. And then next year, actually training for an ultra marathon. That's, mm-hmm. that's actually next on my list of goals. And one of the, and I guess you can say one of the big reasons why running is so important to me is because it just allows me to always have those constant greater goals with regards to my health, with regards to my fitness, with regards to how I challenge my body, and even in terms of the the, men, the challenge mentally, because I always, you know, tell my group and I tell people that you know, the mental aspect of running for me is just like ninety percent, mm-hmm. and I just feel like the physical is the ten percent, and just amazing myself, and in terms of what my body can really do. Once I've made up my mind to actually train for a particular goal or for a particular purpose, and I just feel like the sky is the limit. I feel like there is really no ceiling in terms of what you can do as a runner. And so that 
to me, just constantly keeps me motivated in terms of the group, seeing them and having them realize that there's really no ceiling. Having persons come from a state of, I hate running. Running is not for me to actually coming to me and saying, you know what, Linda, I want to train for this race. I want to train for this distance. I hated running when I first started and I really got into running because I wanted to lose weight because mm-hmm. that's the, you know, you know, different goals. Everybody has their, mm-hmm. their goals to come from a place of, well, I don't, I don't really like running, but I see where it kind of keeps you lean. Cause that's just a thing to say. They feel like running keeps you lean to a, a place of this is something that, okay, I actually like, and I actually am mm-hmm. setting running specific goals. So to me, there's just no ceiling. There's no ceiling in running. And that just, to me, just keeps me coming back and just keeps me engaged in the sport. Hmm. I love it. I love it. I'm nodding along the, the whole time. And, and as is often the case, I'm going to try not to muddy the waters. We'll just let that that idea of no ceiling just kind of resonate with the people. Uh, speaking of which, guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you enjoyed Linda's, Linda's story and want to follow along with more what she, with what she's got going on, uh, again, run-naturally.com on Instagram at run underscore naturally on Twitter at run naturally 242 uh, com slash 972. We'll have all those things linked up uh, and more. Some of the races we talked about, all the various things will be all linked up in photos and short notes and all that stuff. Dizruns.com slash 972. So uh, Linda, thank you. Uh, so much for taking the time to uh, to chat with us today, to share your story, to share some some great tips and some great things to that I'm still kind of chewing on in my, in my head. And I know I will be once we, we, we hang up for today, but I uh, appreciate that. I uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. And once again, happy birthday today on the day of recording, taking time out of your birthday celebration to chat with us. So uh, thanks for all the time and, and uh, yeah, nothing but the best going forward. Thank you so much, Danny. I really appreciate it. I love podcasting. And so this was just like, to be given this opportunity is just amazing to me. So I really appreciate you reaching out and just allowing me to have this opportunity. And I just want to really say one more really quick thing before we wrap up, because initially when I just, when I elected to do this, cause I'm also a member of Toastmasters. Mm. And so if you're familiar, I guess with, you know, some of the elements of Toastmasters, when I agreed to do the podcast, it was, similar to a 60 minutes of table topics. So table topics is just like impromptu, you know, speaking mm-hmm. and questions and you don't really know what the person who's asking the question or making the comment is going to say, but you just have to be able to articulate your thoughts and really have your thoughts together kind of like at the snap of your fingers. And so I just really want to take this opportunity to thank my Toastmasters group, Healing Communicators Club 7178 as well. For I, I feel like this podcast uh, was absolutely seamless. I love the flow. I love the conversation. And so I definitely want to thank you so much for being such a wonderful host and for really putting me at ease with this because I was a little nervous at first this morning <laughs> before I logged on. But you were an absolutely wonderful host and you made this this entire process completely enjoyable. And thank you so much. All right. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Linda and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what was your takeaway from our little conversation today? What was what was that thing or things? Maybe there's a, a couple things that kind of rattled around in your head, struck a chord, struck a nerve, or something that you're going to remember once uh, I'm done yammering on here in another few minutes. 
uh, for me, it was, and I guess I kind of brought it back up, so probably no surprise, but it's the idea of a 30-week training plan for your for her first for her first marathon, not necessarily first race, but for her first marathon, um, and and you know it stands out to me because that's almost double what is kind of quote unquote the standard. And and like I said in the book, in in be ready on race day, it's not like sixteen weeks is anything magical. Like that's the the minimum or the maximum or that's what it should be. It's just kind of what it has kind of defaulted to being. Uh, because it is enough time for the most part to, to be ready for a race. But the reason that, that Linda's, you know, mentioning of a, of a 30 week training plan leading up to a race really stood out to me is that, um, when, when you're, when you're having a long buildup, it gives you a lot more room to adjust. You know, how many times have I said life is going to happen? Life is going to life. It, it, it does. It's true. It's going to happen. It happens to all of us. And so if you're trying to, to really train for a race in too short of a window, sometimes that could even be 16 weeks. But, it, you know, when, when you don't have as much time, it's a lot harder to adapt. Not impossible, but it's a little bit harder to adapt and adjust if you really have some setbacks of life. If you really have some times where you're sick, the kids are sick, work gets crazy, and, and you lose a little bit of, of training time because you got to cover a shift or do some overtime or, or whatever. Life happens. And so I, I, I guess for my takeaway, it's, it's just a, a reminder for myself that kind of my philosophy of, of always kind of being in a moderate level of training, uh, always kind of having my mileage up a little bit higher than I used to is a good thing because it gives me that flexibility when I do have a race coming up, whether I have 30 weeks to plan for it or not, because knowing me, I'm probably not going to sign up for a race until it's inside of a couple of months out, uh, cause I don't, I don't tend to plan that far in advance, but I guess I kind of feel like I'm constantly on a training plan. I just don't necessarily know what race I'm training for. And that works for me. Now that may not work for you, but that works for me because it, like I said, it just gives me that, that, that base time, that base building time, and also the time to adapt and adjust as needed without it really setting me back. And I think that the longer time you have to train for a race, the more flexibility you have, the more options you have. If everything goes well, the more times you can go with some longer distances. You know, like Linda said, if she hit 20 and she, she knew she was ready. Well, if you have 30 weeks of training, you can hit 20 a few times, which can really give you more confidence, really give you more uh, comfort in the fact that you can do it. So I guess what I'm trying to say, my takeaway is, is that long training blocks, long training plans, maybe the idea of kind of always be training instead of just, just when you have a race coming up, not that you have to do it, not that it's required, but it gives you some options and options are a good thing. So I don't know if that made any more sense than the question I tried to ask Linda about the 30 weeks situation and how she handles her, her coaching with her athletes, but it makes sense to me on some level. And that's what takeaways are all about, right? It's something that, that clicks with us. So that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram? You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can also head over to the show notes for today, which you can find at Dizruns.com slash 972. Dizruns.com slash 972. Uh, pass the photos, pass the, the write-up that Ellen does, pass the links. Uh, there's that comment section down at the bottom, and you can leave your thoughts and feedbacks from today's episode there as well. Uh, whatever works best for you works best for me. If you want to send a, a carrier pigeon, you can send a carrier pigeon with your takeaways. I'll still read them. So whatever works for you works for me. 
Uh, and you know what other thing? Another thing that works for me is the little things. At least when I do the little things, they work for me. I mean, I'm probably about 50-50. You know, I got I got some of them taken care of. I think I got my diet pretty well dialed in. Got my strength training game pretty much on point. Uh, sleep, eh, could be better, could be worse. But uh, currently, cross training and recovery tactics. Yeah, I could do better on both of those. So maybe I need to revisit the course and uh, head over to disruns.com slash little things. I'll check it out. Maybe you check it out if you're so inclined. See if there's some some areas you could shore up that would help your training miles be even more productive than they already are. Help you to move towards your goals just a little bit quicker. Check it out. Disruns.com slash little things. And with that, we'll go ahead and officially wrap this one up now. Uh, y'all, thanks again for listening. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your attention. Until next time, be well. Take good care. Thanks again, again, again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you guys.